0: The Evelyn Fusion show. Today, I've got Chelsea Owen on with me. And actually, this is the first time that Chelsea and I are getting a chance to meet. We connected a few weeks ago, maybe back in December of 2021. It's 2022 already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so strange. Um, and I learned about what Chelsea was up to in the world, but I would love for her to tell you all a little bit about what she does. And um, and, and thank you so much for being here, Chelsea. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a joy to be here and to talk with you and share a little bit of my story. As you mentioned, my name is Chelsea Owen and I am owner and director of Meraki Dance Company, a dance company focused on salsa and bachata lessons and events. So I do a little, quite a few things within that, but my time is really split between teaching private lessons, running group classes, and running events for social dancing here in town, alongside traveling um, and teaching at different events throughout the country.
0: And I love it so much. I was sharing (laughs) with her right before we started a little bit more about my journey. And one of my goals this year is about connecting in with my own body and, um, and was talking too about my basically intimidation of dance. And so that was one of the reasons, too. I wanted Chelsea to be a guest is to talk about what dance does for us and how we connect through dance. And um, so I would love for you to talk more, too, about maybe what drew you to dance first and and what led you to where you are now.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, it, it it's kind of a convoluted story. So we'll keep it on the shorter end. But it's a funny one as well, because I like you and like many other people, was very intimidated by dancing. I did not grow up dancing at all. I think there was maybe two to three years when I was age seven or eight in some ballet and tap. But once that was over, I was very um, self-conscious about anything to do with dancing, about being the center of attention. And in high school, my parents had me begin to start training in Taekwondo. So mm. I began training and competing in Taekwondo, a Korean martial art form. And Got to a very elite level in that and so I learned about about my body and confidence through that and that was a really lovely chapter of my life um, but my very first experience with dancing was I was in um, undergraduate at University of Louisville and I needed a credit hour for my program just a one credit hour and they had a ballroom dance class and so I was like well that seems relatively easy so I'll do it and I had some friends doing it. But it was there that I realized, this is kind of fun. I never think thought dancing would ever be fun because I was not the type to ever dance at a wedding or anything. Um, and so it was this nice little fun semester and then we were done, never thought about it again. And um, years later, I was in my master's program and I was headed to Argentina on a business school trip. And being who I am, I was like, I wanna learn to Argentine tango before I go to Argentina. So I bought a Groupon for um, private lessons at a very cheap rate at a local ballroom studio here in Louisville, Kentucky. And went in and at the end of the first lesson to get the teacher was like, you're really good. We would like to hire you. And <laughs> I laughed in their face and said, no, 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 you don't want to hire me. I, I'm not a dancer. I'm, I'm, I'm not. But they kept asking at the end of every lesson. So at the end of my four lessons, um, I finally was like, well, I'd been practicing this concept of saying yes to new experiences. And I was like, sure, you know, they're going to train me. This will be great. And I had recently retired from the fighting world in martial arts. And so I had all this open free time. And I began training in ballrooms, so waltz, foxtrot, rumba, like the traditional ballroom dances. And they put me in a training to teach it. And then very quickly, I was teaching absolute beginners. And, um, For me, it was a smooth transition because I've been teaching my entire life Taekwondo. So teaching was teaching. It was just the content changes. Um, But the really cool thing of transitioning from fighting to dancing is that fighting is about connecting with somebody else. You're just exploiting their weaknesses. So -hmm. when I switched over to dancing, it was more about how do we work together? How are we moving in unison to solve this problem together? How are we communicating non-verbally in order to create something for the span of the length of the song that we're um, on the floor for? So, um, and then the rest is kind of history. I started teaching ballroom and um, through that, discovered the salsa bachata world at a local salsa club in Louisville. And then it was no turning back because as much as I liked ballroom, I fell in love with the salsa and bachata and it wasn't long before I decided to specialize
0: in those. Mm, I love that, and stylistically, I feel like what I would, what I would, just from a total novice person on the outside, looking at the waltz life, the foxtrot, those pretty Mm -hmm. classical dances with salsa and bachata, one is a lot more sensual than the other, is that is that
1: it, it can definitely come across like that? Um, I, I definitely, especially from a Western American mindset, we don't grow up dancing, and so when we see like the closeness um, of the bodies, and it's traditionally associated with warmer cultures um, and crowded rooms. But salsa and bachata really and truly are um, family dances, so you grew up dancing in your family at any gathering, whether it's a birthday party or quinceañera or. Um, just a regular Sunday night, like so fathers are dancing with daughters, cousins with aunts, and um, that's really the root and the foundation of it is family dance, and then um, like any dance does, depending upon the environment you're in, it can change a little bit, so if you're, you know, going out to a club and you're no longer with your family, but there's you're attracted to somebody, then maybe there's a little bit more um, close proximity in the dancing, but at the foundation of it, it's not Um, You know, there is a lot of body movement, a lot of hip movement. And and so that can come across as more um, sensual, if you will, which it definitely can be. And one of the things I like to talk about um, as a teacher of salsa bachata with these dances is that sensuality and sexuality are very different. And intimacy is a third category there as well. And so when you're dancing salsa and bachata, it is intimate because you are connecting with somebody, um, not just physically through hand-to-hand connection, but energetically, you're trusting your lead to lead you. You're trusting your follow to follow you. So there is a conversational, nonverbal intimacy that is created. Um, But at the same time, there is also sensuality as well. And sensuality is a very... For, for me, a very individual self-expression. Mm-hmm. And so connecting into your body and connecting into the music and feeling good about what you're doing um, is a part of it as well. And of course, like with any practice, you can take it more into like the sexual side as well, but by and large, that is not a part of the salsa bachata world. We are focused on um, creating art through, and connection through dance and music together.
0: And I'm curious too. So what drew you more to that style? Like, what was it?
1: There was a few things. One, the music grabbed me immediately. Mm. Um, And I, that is inexplicable. Except for it's in my blood somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. But instantly I connected with the music, even though at the time I was not um, conversational in Spanish. so I didn't even know anything about what the the words were saying. Yeah. The music grabs me. Also, it is a very vibrant environment. So dance socials are where you go out, you have a DJ or a live band, and they're playing salsa, bichata, and a few other dance styles, merengue, cha-cha-cha, and whatnot. But it is a vibrant social activity and um, whereas, you know, unfortunately in the ballroom world these days it's not as vibrant. There's not as many like social gatherings for it that, you know, last into the night. And so that was part of it as well. And the cool thing about the salsa the world also is it's very, very inclusive. It is all ages, all ethnicities, all occupations. And we're all connect in order um, to dance and to enjoy the love of dance and so it is a very diverse loving community and that when I saw that I knew that I wanted to be a part of that, and I knew that I wanted to grow that and help foster and build that community even more in my city.
0: I love that so much. To, and to people who are just starting out or, or who may be like me on the periphery going, mm-hmm. okay, this would be so cool, but I'm so intimidated by this process. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to the novices here with
1: uh, and building I, that know,
0: relationship?
1: <laughs> yes, well, I, um I love that because I did not start dancing until, you know, my mid twenties. And so I very much connect with how, Terrifying it can be to be like i'm going to dance, but I don't like dancing, but I want to and So knowing that I I still remember my very first time going to a salsa event and being out of my element the advice I would give is most of the work is just in showing up Mm -hmm. and when you show up then the magic happens but if you never show up if you don't give yourself the opportunity then you'll never be able to experience like the joy that it has. And so my advice when I tell people and who are interested in joining, but it's a little intimidating is, is, just come and don't even place pressure on yourself to dance at these events. Um, you know, I have group classes, I have private lessons and that's a great way to get connected where you're like, I really want to learn how to dance. But a lot of times I invite people out to my social events where There's a beginner class to kick off the night and then it's just open dancing, lead and follow the rest of the night. People are switching partners at the end of every song, but I always invite people out to that and say, don't feel pressure to dance. Just come and be a part of the environment and just show up and always, always, always when they're there and you take that pressure off of I'm going to accomplish this and you walk into the environment, you realize how welcoming the people are, how it's actually more about just move. It's not about perfection. It's not about doing it in a way that makes others watch you. And you realize that the salsa community is full of supportive people who all remember what it's like to be a beginner and love to foster that growth and love to share what they love with other people.
0: It's so beautiful, too. Just I can see. I, I almost see. Have you ever seen um, <laughs> Have you seen "Along Came Polly? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's my boy. One of my boyfriend's favorite movies. He relates with Ben Stiller in almost every character he plays.
1: <laughs> so yes,
0: there's a lot of restrictive nature in him too. Mm-hmm. But he we we love we both love that scene where he's taken that he's been taking those dance classes and he comes out on the floor and he is just like he is in it.
1: Yes. Um, yes. And
0: I love the magnetism of it. I just mm-hmm. love that. Um, intimacy with self, you know, Mm -hmm. with, um, and that's something too, that, uh, like I have found that I want to foster more with myself. Just like I keep coming back to the word trust, Mm -hmm. um, and learning how to, to trust yourself, to figure it out and to, to move it and see how it feels moving.
1: Um, Yeah. And it's very empowering to realize that once you start moving to be like, that felt good. I felt confident. I, and, and, and then you start to grow and build on that. And you start to build a, a healthy relationship with your body in, in and in a, in, a, in a very self-aware manner. Because we have so many things in our lives that are subconscious. You know, We don't consider our breath. We don't consider how we walk. We just do them. And so we honestly usually take it for granted. our breath for granted, our our movement for granted. And so when you practice a new physical activity, whatever it is, obviously I'm partial to dancing, Mm. you are bringing awareness in and making a conscious choice to appreciate your body. Now, at the same time, you could make a conscious choice to belittle your body because, oh, it's not working. I'm not stepping the correct way. But that is where The empowerment really comes in to learn to treat your body and your mind with kindness and and patience and learning that everything is a process. And also that's where a great community and great teachers and instructors and whatever physical activity you're embarking on is really important for them to help coach you and guide you in a kind process in order to create an encouraging learning environment but the more you do it, the more you show up and the more conscious um, self-awareness that you grow in, in your body, the more you start to love it because you're starting to feel better in it. And it really becomes this compound snowball effect.
0: Yes. Well, and I love to, a lot of, a lot of what I focus on in my own work with clients around mindset is, is the idea of the simplicity of going all we are every day are day. We're, we're just meaning makers. We are telling the story of how our lives are happening and Mm -hmm. what's happening to us, what's happening around us, what it means about who we are and what we want. And so at any time we get to challenge the script and the narrative. So I love too, even in that conscious framing of going, I want this to be more empowering. I Mm -hmm. want to take more time and go, Hey, like I'm new. i'm new would i expect anyone else who's new here to to the standards that i'm upholding in my mind no and often i find too what has helped me a lot is to remember like how fun it is to watch a child learn to do something Mm -hmm. we don't feel threatened by that we don't we don't make fun of them we're just Mm -hmm. wrapped in the wonder of them learning about Mm -hmm. that connection of how to move themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's helped me a lot too. I love that.
1: I love that mindset. And also like learning from how children learn, they dive in, you know, they are wanting, they don't hold themselves back to that standard that you talk to. And they, they, you know, especially at the earlier ages are free from self-consciousness and they're just diving in. And I think that's a really lovely, lovely thing to look at and to learn and to apply it to your own life. Because there's a lot of things in life that are very um, intimidating. And that's why oftentimes people refrain from learning new, new things, whether it's a physical activity or a new art form, whatever it is. And one of the things that I love to teach in my classes, and I say over and over again, until hopefully it resonates with people is being a beginner is a good thing. It is a beautiful thing to be a beginner. And we put so much pressure ourselves in society that to be at an advanced level, but being a beginner is a great thing. You know, you don't always have to be an expert and a master in everything you do. Um, You know, and growth is important. and, And if you want to be better, then you can invest your time in whatever it is to become better. But just being a beginner is a good thing. And to release that pressure of, of
0: perfection. And I think, um, I think what's, what's beautiful in there for me too, is, is also how I've grown in this because, you know, two or three years ago, if you'd asked me, are you athletic? I would tell you no. And although I still can't, I still don't feel that I'm athletic, but what I recognized is I was never really giving myself the opportunity to mm-hmm. even explore that arena because I had written it off for myself mm-hmm. of going, Well, I don't know how to move my body. I don't know how to do those things. It's harder for me. So I'm just not this way. Mm-hmm. And so I'd shut off this whole arena of opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I, um, I love the concept too, of looking at the beginning and I get to be a beginner and then also too, for innovation, innovation is so, um, being a beginner to innovate is so much easier (laughs) Mm -hmm. than when you're established in something. Mm -hmm. So if you allow the opportunity to create and experience and explore, you also have an opportunity to innovate. Not that you can't as you've Mm -hmm. practiced, but for me anyway, I feel like it's a lot easier when yeah. you're new you see all of the areas for opportunity
1: mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and I love what you mentioned about not about creating the space for you to become something you know to become athletic to be and it's about reframing your environment sometimes um we do we we become very uh, conditioned and do things a specific way and you can all of a sudden be like I did the very same thing this week that I did last week. I'm, not to say that you have to do something new all the time, but you really do have to make a conscious choice to create opportunities for you, for you to rise up. You know, um, I have always, I've been similar. I've gotten the, I always was, I'm not artistic. I'm not artistic. Mm. Um, but I would always have constraints on that just because I don't draw on paper to a level that I think is artistic. But what I discovered, and this is the same with athleticism and and so many other things, is this is a very large continuum of a whole bunch of different categories. And just because you are not an expert in one does not mean that you do not have a gifting or a skill set in the other. And you know, for me with dancing, I you know, I create performances and I run performance teams, and that is art and creating a moving piece of art, a show. And even without that, I tell, you know, anybody who's social dancing, because of the nature of social dancing, for those who don't know, social dance is a word I use a lot, but in Salsa that you have two roles. You have a leader and you have a follower. And when you dance together, it's a leader and a follower in order to create a dance. It's not a choreographed piece, it's improvised. And there are foundational elements that are known. So you know, this is the signal for a right turn. This is the appropriate response and footwork in response to that signal, you know, crossbody lead, all these other elements. And then you get to a point though, where these elements, I always say they're like Legos, you have all these pieces. And if you put them together in one way, you've created a pirate ship. And then if you put it together in another way, you've got a castle over here. So it's completely improvised with a little bit of structure and, um, when you're out there, you are creating art, you know, whether you're the leader who is guiding the dance, or you're the follower who's choosing to say yes, in order to fill in the spaces that the lead is giving you, it is art, um, because you're connecting to music, and you're connecting, and you're moving your body, and so I tell all of my students, like, you are artists, you know, you're not just, um, and, and, and you are a dancer, so many of my people will come and take classes, and they will go, oh, you know, I still don't consider myself a dancer. And like, you are a dancer, you're dancing. You're, and, and you're a dancer as soon as you decide you're one. So your very first day when you're learning the basic step, like you're a dancer at that point. It's At that point, it's more of a, of a self-choice. You've got to buy in, you've got to choose and that this is something that I can identify with. Mm,
0: I love that. And in the same vein, well, it's a little bit different, but when you were starting out even... And offering your own events around this I'm sure there was some intimidation around that I would love to hear how that went for you in that journey lovely yes absolutely
1: um wow yeah it has been quite the journey I just celebrated four years in August with my business Meraki Dance Company so we're going on five years this year um and I was teaching full-time before that for another studio but so I've been doing this full-time for a while but when it came to starting Meraki and beginning starting dance events as well, it was intimidating because there was already like an established protocol procedure and people running and doing things. And it was intimidating because the thoughts that were going on in my head was, "Is there space for me?" Hmm. is which really came back to a place of learning of confidence, of feeling insecure that I if not offering something to the community, or I don't have the skill set to. And, um, and then a little bit of just breaking norms within the dance world. The, the, the dance world, whatever your role is, whether you're a teacher, or a studio owner, or an organ, event organizer, typically is full of like, very creative, passionate people. And if, we are very lucky here in Louisville to have a very incredible, friendly um, scene where we really encourage one another. But that's not, the, in every city, it's not that. Um, there can be a lot of competition between studios and instructors, and um it can be very toxic and unhealthy, but that's only if you allow it to be. And so something that we created here in Louisville when I started when I came in and I was like, I want to create this, I want to start running events, but I was nervous about it. But I also knew that I wanted I believe that there's always enough sunshine for everybody. And that me beginning an event was not going to dull anybody else's sunshine. It was just me adding to it, but it wasn't. That wasn't an overnight thought process that I bought into immediately. It took me a while of of growth and, and 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 conscious meditation and journaling and things to come to a place of security in order to say I have something to offer the world and the dance community, and I am going to offer it. Um, and so that has been quite the process. Now, you know, once you get in it, a little bit, it, it becomes easier to do it again and again. Once you've started to realize that I can do the thing, um, but there's still, you know, it's all we're humans, and so there's always a constant battle. Sometimes of, you know, whether it's imposter syndrome or, you know, is, um, feeling self-conscious about what are people saying, are they liking the event? Do they like me as an instructor? It you have to constantly battle that, um, at least I do. And, and I think any other um, artist in this world battles that at some point or another. Um, but yeah, always, always a learning process, always a journey in this. And I think for me, one of the things that helped me really begin to own my business, not just own my business, but like own and take up space in a positive way was what we had talked about a little bit earlier before we even started this was that one of my favorite quotes for a while is that comparison is the thief of joy. And it really, really is. And comparison also, you know, steals your creativity and creativity can, um, your comparison can stunt your innovation and it will always hold you back. And, releasing that, releasing the standards that you're holding other people to, releasing the standards that you're holding yourself to. Um, And that doesn't mean we don't strive for excellence, but it just means that you take that away and you're taking away, you're basically unlocking the door that you've just been holding up with your own hands.
0: (laughs) I love that visual and I love the caveat. Uh, It's not even a caveat, but including creativity um, in the mix, I think is really important for, for anyone who is looking to do their own thing, you know, in your own offering and as an entrepreneur and business owner, um, that imposter syndrome is real. It's so real. Um, and it's so common because you wonder like this thing is something I love and I don't know how it's going to be received. And what will people think? What will people say? And I think the beautiful test of that, though, is that when you do it anyway, when you go, you know what, I have to, I have this thing, this internal, just like, I can't turn back. I've got to try it. Mm -hmm. I've just got to, I've got to put, I have just got to try it. Um, And was that your experience too?
1: Yes, definitely. I think at a certain point. Whether it wasn't this huge moment epiphany that I remember, but it, w- it was kind of in the sense of, like, well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to keep running my business. So I've got to do the damn thing. <laughs> and, and so you just start doing the thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I could only hold myself back and not do it for so long before I was either not going to have a business or I'm going to run the business. And then there's things along the way as well, you know, as I continue to branch out and try different things. um, At a certain point, it builds up. And for me, and and maybe people's experiences are different in this, but for me, once I have an idea or there's something it does, it starts to boil up. And I either then have to suppress that or go for it. Mm -hmm. And usually suppressing never works out well. <laughs> I always and and that's not just in terms of suppressing ideas and creativity because then to me, it's like if you have a beach ball and you push it underwater, it doesn't pop back up in the exact same spot. It pops up you don't know where and like weird angles. And that's what to me suppressing creativity is. that's what suppressing emotions and we can go on a whole other path with this is you're, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because you're suppressing this, but it's surfacing in all these other areas of your life. And that happens for me in my work world. If I, if I stunt myself in believing I can do something or accomplish something, it doesn't stay in that category. It begins to bleed over to my self-confidence, my self-love, um, body image, relationships and we and for me when I realized that I we are so interconnected and we often separate our work world because we're like that you know work-life balance which, and we separate it but how you treat your work and how you show up for that and, and what you experience there affects everything else and you can't compartmentalize and just deal with it at certain times of the day because it will pop up And maybe I'm lucky or not lucky. I don't know. But when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have, this is my work time. And no, I don't work. (laughs) You work 100% of the time. So I, you know, in some ways I was lucky because I didn't have the opportunity to compartmentalize as much because I wasn't leaving the office and then just dreading going back. I, this was, this is everything I do. (laughs) So I had to address it a little faster.
0: Yes. Well, and the bulk of my clients are entrepreneurs and small business owners. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love this conversation too. Have you read, um, it's called the body keeps the score by, um, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk.
1: I have not, I've heard about it, but I've not read it.
0: A lot of the things you're talking about, about things showing up in your body. Um, he, he is, um, he's a doctor, obviously I can't tell you of what, (laughs) <laughs> because I haven't read the book in a few years. Actually, it's on my list to go back and reread. But the line of thinking around how we're integrated, we're wholly integrated. We are, mm-hmm. we are connected, interconnected in our body, our mind body. There is a connection there. And we can suppress or deny. Um, and a lot of, a lot of um, psychology that I'm reading, because that's fascinating to me, how we are wired, why we do the things that we do. Um, a lot of the science of, um, of how our bodies react when we suppress, Um, that's where we get depression and we get Mm -hmm. anxiety. And so I wonder too, have you had any clients who have used dance to find some healing in those areas? I was just curious, because as you're talking about it, Mm -hmm. it would seem to me that that would be an outlet too, that would allow that expression
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's not something that, you know, I mark in that way because I'm not a therapist, Um, but it is incredibly healing for a lot of people in many different ways. Um, And just a few examples would be um, respectful touch. Mm. And one of the important things about dance salsa bichata is this element of consent along the way and respectful touch. And so I've had several, quite a few students who have he- experienced healing um, from traumatic situations in their past. Because when they're coming to dance, they're learning to be respectfully touched again, and they're and 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 they're healing through that, and they're, you know, working through um, the ability when you someone asks you for a dance, you can say yes or no, and you don't have to have a reason for no. So being able to learn. To, to use your words and, and, and to say no and to find empowerment there. Um, in terms of other things, absolutely, um, you know, dance, when you move, you're creating serotonin levels. So it, it increases and it's just a, a natural chemical rise. That's beautiful. Um, but there is some, there's so many studies that are done that talk about how art and music and exercise are all really positive things. And the cool thing about dance is that it blends all three. Mm. It is physical activity. It is music that we're dancing to. So we're listening that. We're hearing that. It is art because of what you're creating. So you're blending this. And then it's positive human connection. It really is just the perfect blend to create healing and to create um, the, the opportunity to reframe experiences, um, from what we've experienced and and to be in a healthier place. And, um, I have several therapists actually who come take lessons and dance, and they're always talking about how it's one of them, one healing for them, but how they tell people like, this is a good thing. You should go do this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Um, That's great to hear too, that they're coming. That's something too, that, I grew up uh, with a background in ministry and my dad was a pastor
1: mm-hmm. and something
0: I've even noticed in that realm or even in realms of, of leadership. And so I'll put therapists in that category, uh, instructors, therapists, coaches, all of us in leader- in leadership capacities of also putting ourselves in situations where we're undergoing our own healing. I think it's so mm-hmm. important um, because I, I, I don't think... I think, I think it's possible, but the level at which we are willing to heal, I think is also reflected back in our own clients, because if we're willing to go there Mm -hmm. to be uncomfortable, um, to one of the things I think that reason, and I can say this too, from, from, we talked about this before, but that dance with grief Mm -hmm. is I recognize in myself that when I, um, suppress the sadness or I suppress and don't want to go into that place. I recognize in myself when once I actually will allow myself the freedom to express it, I feel better. I feel more energized. Um, and it's hard to do because we're not taught to sit with suffering mm-hmm. and we're not taught again, to be, um, okay with, being new, we should know, Mm -hmm. we should, we should already have read the rubric and know how to pass the test. Mm -hmm. And so I, at least for myself, something that has changed, um, is just the wonder of, of being, um, a human who gets to discover this human experience every single day in new and different ways. Mm -hmm. And that has, that has also relieved a lot of stress for me Mm and feeling like I need to know, specific answers to specific steps um, and allowing life to be a just an experiment because that's exactly what it is. It's a, just a co-creative process of of what that looks like and what we want it to look like and feel like.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I love I love what you mentioned the 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 depth that you are willing to go to is also the depth that you can give to other people as well. and you know, from me and my industry, from a practical standpoint, you know, I have, for me, I believe that teachers should always be ongoing students. Mm -hmm. And so I have coaches that I work with specifically in the dance world so that I can keep training my students better. And when I look for my coaches, I look for coaches who have coaches because they're consistently, constantly learning. And that is just from a very like specific skill set in my industry, but it does It refers back to everything, you know, the, um, the ability to keep healing and processing is what's going to allow you to keep, be open for human connection. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite authors is Brene Brown. I'm sure you've heard about her and, Mm -hmm. and actually, um, she, in her, her book, the gifts of imperfection, one of the, the, the guideposts that she talks about is laughter, song, and dance and and how dance is very vulnerable and to practice vulnerability is empowering. And that's something I remember quite often as I'm teaching. And I never, as I walk in with students, I'm never ignorant and forgetful of the fact that when you're learning from someone, especially in something that feels uncomfortable, like it is a vulnerable process. And I love that my students trust me to guide them and to coach them through this process of discomfort (laughs) into a place of of confidence. Um, But, you know, as you keep learning, there's, there's so much more. Like when I work with my coaches, I'm in a place of vulnerability and discomfort because I'm working on things that I'm not great at yet. And, but that's a good thing, you know, and this just circles back to, it is, about like what you just said, experiencing life day in, day out, this co-creative process. It's not about arriving at a destination, whether that is in dance specifically, I'm the master of my craft. It's about the journey along the way, but it's also in life as well. It's not about I've made it, I'm self-aware, I no longer have insecurities. (laughs) It's the process all along, which happens to be very spirally and swirly it's never linear (laughs) yes yes
0: well and you know i um i feel like on the last episode i talked about it so i'm sorry to be repetitive for people who've listened to it but there is um a special on uh you can watch it on disney plus but it's through national geographic and um will smith is the host it's called welcome to earth have you heard about this no i have not It's only I think six or seven episodes, and he essentially Will Smith talks about as like a child he was very fearful, and Mm -hmm. he's never really experienced a lot of exploring he's never it's it's just been more around his fear and less around experiencing so Mm -hmm. in each episode he goes with a different explorer like a volcanologist. Uh, They do some deep sea water diving. They go into ice caves. they like scale mountains and I love it. But what I love is at the end, um, the very last episode he's talking about with one of these explorers about how intense um, what they just went through was. Um, And to be on the other side of it feels liberating. And the guy looks at him and he's like, you know, I think though, if you like look at the whole experience, I wonder if there's a sadness around this about finishing the experience. Yes, there was all of this, um, you know, pent up fear around what's going to happen. How's it going to feel? How's it going to be? But to come out on the other side, just talking about the destination, the richest part was being inside of the journey. And Mm -hmm. oh, I got cold chills. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it so much. I feel like I've talked about it in all of my um like close friendships it's like i can't shut up about this show because i love uh, the aspect of of um of translating that in all areas of our life if we're willing to go and be uncomfortable and to scale those internal mountains or in my case too of of coming to one of your classes which i'm gonna do um is is just is also going like what can i experience and and being being part of um enjoying the experience that we're already on Mm -hmm. and that we get to take part in is one of the most beautiful things and we look back and we we enjoy the parts that we were actively alive Mm -hmm. um, and and figuring out what am i capable of what am i i did something i didn't think i could do i did something that I thought was only for other people or, or not me, but them, they can do it, but I'm not qualified. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. I'm going to go check that show out for sure. I made a a little note here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. I, um, and I, I, we talked about this before we started recording, but for me learning, I just love learning, um, about, pretty much any category you throw me into. And I'm like, there's something that we can take here and, and, mm-hmm. and also take forward and weave together um, insight and perspective that I think benefits, not only us, but the people that we're in the company of with. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely.
1: Yes. We're mm-hmm. never, uh, we're never isolated. Everything that we do does affect all of those around us. And we, we, we remember that when it comes to larger things, but really it, it's, we're interconnected. Like we are made for a connection. We're designed for that, and we do. But with that comes every the amount of healing that we can experience, and the amount of joy we can find in the journey, or, or whatever it is. It directly impacts those people that we are in contact with all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I I will um, I want to know too. Is there anything that maybe you have learned? the art of dance that you feel like you couldn't have learned anywhere else
1: oh that's a great question I think I couldn't have learned anywhere else for me dancing and learning to dance and now teaching it it taught me to have confidence And honestly, to love who I am and my body and how I move in a way that I don't know if any other form would have done that. You know, I competed at a very high level in Taekwondo. And so I knew my body very well then. I had high body awareness. But there wasn't a time, and I had high confidence, but I didn't, there was still a slight disconnect between how I viewed my body and how, what I could do with it. And any sort of, there was a, just an average appreciation of it, if you will. When I started dancing, I, you know, not only can you learn body awareness through it, but it became this really, really important to appreciate what I can do because there was joy there. Mm -hmm. And. Not that there wasn't joy when I was competing, but that's a whole other story for another day. Um, And what I find with dance is that you connect into yourself. And in a way that's really unique because with partner dance in particular, and that's what I'm referencing when I say dance and I love other styles, but partner dance in particular, when you connect into yourself, you are then in a dance connecting into somebody else as well. So whatever level you feel comfortable with, that is unique. The working together to create something and that level of confidence where I'm not just confident in me, but I'm with somebody and I need to be confident so that this person feels safe and secure on the floor. And vice versa, if they are confident in their skill set, whatever it is, whatever level that is, then I feel safe and secure on the floor with them. And so that ability to love my body, but how it interacts, like how I interact with others too, was something that I think is really unique to the dance world and something that I learned through it. And I'm still discovering it on deeper levels as well, um, you know, because it is connection dance is about connection. And it's not about exploiting like a lot of competitive sports are. This is about how do we work together? Even if I am at an event, I don't even know your name, I'm gonna dance with you for five minutes and then go on. Like, how can we as humans just have a beautiful energetic moment appreciating who each other are as humans? And it starts with appreciating who you are yourself and what you bring to the table so that when you come up to have this dance you're offering it out of a place of confidence and vulnerability and freedom and a lack of shame Mm
0: -hmm. there's um something i learned maybe last year 2020 all my years are running together (laughs) that the word confidence actually breaks down to the words con which is with and fidel Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. just means truth so with Mm -hmm. truth And so, um, I think there's pieces there too, where you, where you, as you're building that, that trust, that truth in who you are and what you want Mm -hmm. to express and experiencing someone else's truth, I think has to be, um, very deeply, like you said, connected, but also maybe bonding. It's, um, Mm -hmm. that intimacy. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And and that is something that is also special about the partner dance world as well, is appreciating intimacy in a respectful platonic manner between individuals, mm. you know, and that is something that is can be a little unnerving for those from a you know Western culture, which are traditionally um, identified as like cold cultures and how we like interact with with one another, and um, but. It really, it really is that, you know, you learn that intimacy in a platonic, respectful manner is not something to avoid. And it is something that can be experienced for a just a brief moment. And that can be special for what it is. And then you can move on to have another lovely, intimate, special moment. And it doesn't necessarily mean burying your deepest, darkest secrets. Not at all. That's not what's happening, you know. But being in the moment, being very mindful. And I love what you said about confidence, like being in, in the moment, speaking your truth with somebody else. And that can be nonverbal in the dance world. And that is what it is, but it has that same freeing effect.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, where can people find you online? Like, how can we learn about your classes and your upcoming events?
1: Yeah. So I am on all forms of social media under Meraki Dance KY m-e-r-a-k-i dance k-y or chelsea owen dance and performance um, you can also find me um my website's under construction for the second time but it is uh, chelseaowendance.com and that will also lead you to everywhere that you need to go so just connect with me on there shoot me a message and i'll get everyone connected to this also the chat the dance
0: world mm, that's so exciting and i wanted to ask you too what does makari mean
1: yeah. So Meraki is a modern Greek Sorry. word. Sorry. Uh, you're good. Meraki. <laughs> yep. Um, it is a modern Greek word that means to put something of yourself into your work, to do it with soul creativity and
0: passion. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah.
1: So i has one been one of my favorite words for a really long time. So when it came, when I began my business, I knew that that is the name of the dance company that I wanted. And our our shirts, actually, when we travel, we're really known for them because our shirts have Meraki Dance Company on the front, but I actually put that definition on the back so that everyone always sees, you know, to do something with soul, creativity and passion, to put something of yourself into your work. And it's really the embodiment of what my dance company is about, um, is to do it with soul and to show up 100%.
0: And I think a concept of legacy, it reminds me of Mm -hmm. legacy of what we do with our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really beautiful sentiment
1: yeah, I love that yes I hadn't thought about it and connected in that way but it does if you put your yourself into your work if you're showing up in that way it does create a legacy it is it's it's lasting it's memorable mm.
0: well is there anything else you want to share or before we wrap everything up and
1: well I'm just so grateful that um, to have this conversation with you It's just been a lovely lovely time of, of connection and I think my my final my final thought in regard specifically to dance and anybody out there who is wanting to consider coming cuz most people at some point are like I want to and then they back away from it is is show up challenge yourself to just show up because what you think you're going to experience is probably what not what you're going to experience what you think is going to happen with your body is probably not what's going to happen and I find that people are consistently surprised about how honestly amazing that they do when they show up and just Mm -hmm. do it. And so, yeah, I would encourage, I would challenge you to challenge yourselves to just show up and, 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 and make it happen and let that be the work, not how you do it, how you accomplish, what you look like, did you walk away with something, but instead make it about just showing up whether whether it's dance or honestly whatever other thing you've been wanting to do but you've been holding yourself back from is show up and then see what happens rather than trying to figure out the outcome before you even show up
0: mm. I love that let showing up be the work I think mm-hmm. that that is profoundly rich in every arena that we'll encounter let's showing up be the work Well, thank you so much for um, being here with me and for taking the time um, to connect. And um, I look forward to attending and experiencing. And one more plug too, I'll put just in in what you talked about, something that struck me around the times that we're living in currently is a deep need for us to have a community that is safe Mm -hmm. um, and to come together, barring any difference of opinion, I think it's essential as we navigate forward that we come together. And so something I love about the community that you describe is something I want to witness. It's something I want to experience. And so um, I'm excited to do that and, and see what you've put together and see how your soul is living out because what you do each and every day is brave and courageous and um, a beautiful testament to um, artistry in your own life so thank you for what you do
1: thank you for saying that we look forward to having you be a part of it
0: i'm excited to check it out and i'll definitely be giving a recap somewhere here in an episode i'm sure so <laughs> perfect i can't wait it'll be wonderful i promise <laughs> well thanks again for being here chelsea so appreciate you Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for being part of this community and for being here with me. It means the world. It really does. Um, If there's somebody else that needs to be in this conversation, please share this with them. Um, I would love to continue growing this community. And also if you have just a quick two or three minutes Um, If you wouldn't mind sharing a review um, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you know, a lot of times we're making decisions about where to invest our time and our money and our resources, and we check out reviews uh, to make decisions on where we're going to invest our life. So if this has meant something to your life, um, which I'm so glad that it does, I would love for you to leave a review and share this podcast with your community so that we can continue to grow um, in knowledge and love with one another. So until next time.